This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, as well as access to Daily Digest from The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Post, in addition to access to guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or just relaxing at home. This year, my self-care practice centers heavily on creating space to learn more. So I'm currently listening to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, who is also the author of Eat, Pray, Love. In this title, she shares her own creative process and urges listeners to challenge themselves, find their own personal outlets, and above all, to stay curious. Self-help not your thing? No worries. Audible has literally thousands of titles to help you on your wellness and self-care journey. To start your free trial, yes, free, visit audibletrial.com slash bewellsis. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bewellsis for your free trial. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. How you doing, sis? I'm hanging in there. (laughs) Things have been quite eventful in my neck of the woods. Some great, some not so great, but I'm taking it all in stride. And I have to be honest. This week was my first week back in therapy after not going for a minute. And I preach the benefits of therapy a lot. So if you're surprised that I haven't been in a while, I get it. (laughs) To be honest, that's one of the reasons I called my therapist. I felt like a hypocrite. Like, how do I suggest that you go to therapy when I'm not going myself? So yeah, I had my first session after many, many months of not going. And that shit was difficult. I realized that for me, one of the hardest parts of therapy isn't what she tells me because I look forward to the correction. It's vocalizing what's been on my heart and on my mind. For me, when I'm speaking about something, it becomes real and I can't dismiss it anymore and I can't suppress it. And I don't like that. Anyways, that's that. Your girl is back in therapy. And as hard as some sessions may be, I'm really looking forward to growing through it. Anywho, um, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that your week has been going well so far and that you've had some good news. I think we all need a little bit of good news. So I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that things are looking good for you and looking bright for you. So this week, I have two things on my radar. The first one is raspberry leaf tea. Simple enough, right? Um, so I've consistently drank raspberry leaf tea um, back when I was pregnant. So during my second and third trimesters of pregnancy, 
I consistently drank it because I read up on the uterine toning benefits and how it toned the uterus to help produce impactful contractions during labor and delivery. So I drank it faithfully, right? But for some reason, after my postpartum recovery process, I just put away and just never really thought about it again until I had a conversation with an acupuncturist on how it has continued benefits during a menstrual cycle. And I think I mentioned this before, how my mentees have gotten progressively worse with each child. So I started taking it again, and I've had dramatic improvement in my cramps. So I drink about three cups a day, and this is the first time in months that I haven't had to take NSAIDs, such as ibuprofen, to alleviate my cramps during my cycle. So... If you're having painful menses, I highly recommend that you do your research in addition to speaking to your provider to see if raspberry leaf tea might be helpful for you too. So yeah, Um, the second thing that's on my radar is a magazine. It is called Radiant Health Magazine. It is a biannual print and digital health magazine for Black women. Their mission is to tell our own health stories and inspire Black women to live their healthiest, happiest, and most meaningful lives. Each issue of Radiant Health features content and health and wellness, fitness, healthy eating, beauty, style, body, and mind, all wrapped up into one. The images are so beautiful and the messages are so affirming. It is just so nice seeing yourself represented in that space. So I will link the information down below for you. So let's get into this episode. On Sunday, February 7th, we observe National Black HIV slash AIDS Awareness Day. The purpose is to increase awareness, spark conversations, and highlight the work being done to reduce HIV in Black communities in the U.S., as well as to show support for people with HIV in these communities. On today's episode, we speak to Nikesia Jackson. Nikesia Jackson is a certified life coach and mentor, registered nurse, speaker, author, blogger, and wellness advocate. What makes her story um, so special is that while in college, she received a diagnosis of HIV. After receiving the news, she decided to get educated on the disease and to seek out services. And when she began her journey of healing, she noticed a major gap in representation of women living with HIV. So this led her to her mission to educate women around the world via the internet, events, and coaching programs. And while speaking to her, one thing that was reinforced was the importance of community. When we think of community, we often think of where we live and who reside near us. But community is far greater than that. Community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. In living through this pandemic, one thing that has been painfully obvious is our lack of sense of community. Individualistic ideals have become so pervasive that it's toxic and has led to the situation that we're in now. But I digress. (laughs) We're naturally social beings, so community is incredibly important. And this becomes even more apparent when faced with a diagnosis that may have grave consequences and implications. So let's get into this conversation with this vibrant woman who, by the way, was beaming the entire time we spoke. And as a consequence, so was I. (laughs) She shared a ton of gems, not only for those who have been diagnosed with a chronic illness, but also for loved ones of those who've been affected. So thank you so, so much for joining. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get into it. Be well, sis. All right. Thank you so much for joining, Nikisa. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well today. 
Yes, I'm so happy to connect with you. We've been trying to connect for a while now and just something always happens. Um, so I'm just so, so happy that we actually talk now. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, I got to do this. Like this has to happen. Like we got to do this. So <laughs> I'm so glad that it just finally worked out for us yes. so I can talk. You know, yeah. growth happens real fast. So I've grown since the first time I booked it. So, hey, maybe it's more I got to say. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so you have a very interesting story, a very beautiful story. So I would like for you to share that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So first thing about me is, of course, I'm Nikisa. Um, I am a wife, mother. Um, I'm a registered nurse by trade. I'm a full-time entrepreneur now. I actually run, I run a nonprofit, a ministry, and a personal brand. So I got a lot of different things going on, but I want to share um, a story just about my life mm-hmm. of how I even got here. So I'm going to take you back. So in, um, when I, w- I was first year of college, and this was a while ago, and I was just getting into college and I was feeling like, you know... I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to be better than I was in high school because I was a very rebellious teenager. And I was like, I'm going to do better than I was in high school. And um, my first semester went well. And I thought like, I'm doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, that Christmas time, you know, you go back, you get like a month break. I went back for my month break and I had this rule. Like if you want to date a boy, it can, they cannot go to your school. I went to school in another state. Mm-hmm. So I, I met somebody that was in my hometown. Me and him started to date, and I'm be honest, I wasn't that good at picking men at this time. Literally, I'm team, <laughs> so <laughs> I, wasn't <Who> that- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that good at it. So he was kind of controlling, and he was a lot older than me. And I wanted to run from him. I was like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I told him I was going to go to church, and he went with going to church. So I said, I'm gonna go to church then. So <laughs> you can't go with me. So I went to church and while I'm thinking I'm trying to run from somebody, I literally ran to God. I did not know that would be the day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. It was so supernatural. I cannot explain it, but I gave my life to Christ and it was just like my eyes were just open and I wanted to like read the Bible. I wanted to know who this God was and all these different things. And although I would say maybe I learned more about religion than the mm-hmm. relationship building with God. Um, I still knew that it was somebody, something greater than me. Mm-hmm. And it was a creator who created me and knew everything about me. So months after this happening, I'm on, I'm in this good space. Like I think I'm in a great space and um, I go back to school and I go for a doctor's visit. And I don't know if you know this, but the health department, they test you for everything. So they tested me for everything. And I thought I was all good. At this point, I had made a decision that I'm not going to be playing with these boys anymore. And I was pretty educated about like STDs and things like that. So I thought I was doing the right things by being tested and things like that. But again, teenager. So a few weeks later, I got a call from the health department and I was really confused because I had never gotten a call before. Got tested before, never got a call. And when I went back to talk to him, because I went like immediately, because I'm like, what you mean I got to come back? And it was first thing in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to go to school. I'm ready to go to class. Like, I ain't got time for this. I'm in college. 
And he's like, I need to talk to you about your test results. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. So he started talking because, you know, he talked again. He's like, this is negative and this is negative and that's negative. I'm like, why? Like, again, why you got me here at eight o'clock in the morning? And he was just like, but your HIV results are positive. And I'm 19 at this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what do you No, You can't, can't be talking about me. It's like, I had a moment of like, you can't be talking about me. Mm-hmm. It's no way you could be talking about me. I'm just doing, I'm getting everything right in my life. You know, I didn't get my life to Christ. This can't happen to me. This is not supposed to happen to me. And then I, um, so the first few months were, it's just like a blur. I just made a decision. I'm going back to, I'm going back home. I can't stay out here. My insurance um, was in Atlanta. I can't be going to no health department. I got to go home. Like I can't, I can't stay here. Um, And then I was also dealing, you know, I had just, I was new with my life with Christ. So I was saying, you know, like, God, why would you give me this to kill me? Because at that time, that's all you heard that you were going to die. You didn't hear about living with HIV. You didn't hear that people were living a long time. And you definitely weren't hearing about teenagers at that time being diagnosed with HIV. So I was like, this don't make sense. And um, I, I just ho- I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me, but you're going to live. So that's what you got to figure out. How we're going to figure out how you're going to live because you're not going to die. And I was kind of floored because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he started speaking to me about becoming a nurse. And I was like, that don't make sense, God. Why would you tell me, the girl with HIV, to become a nurse? But I did it anyway <laughs> because that's what he said. So I became a nurse and then I started to work in the healthcare field. And I started and I had this new level of compassion for people because of what happened to me. Yeah. Like I had this new level of compassion. I knew what it felt like to not know what's going to happen next. And although I did not work with HIV patients, I worked cardiac patients, it's still a scary experience. Mm-hmm. And, and in this role, I felt like I was doing my purpose and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. And I say six years in, God said, remember when I told you you was going to have to learn how to live? I got something I want you to do. And I was like, God, I'm a nurse already. <laughs> I love my job. It's all good. He was like, but there's more. And I'm like, okay. He was like, I want you to write a book about your life. Because at this point, let's fast forward. I'm married. So I got the husband that I thought I would never get because of my status. And I did not just accept the first person that tried to be with me. You will have mm-hmm. to read my book, which I'm getting to, mm-hmm. to learn about my dating life. Because believe it or not, women living with HIV have a dating life. And we got to knock some people out too. Like not me, <laughs> but we got to say, nope, nope, no. Nope. We got to go through. It's a little harder because we have the disclosure piece, but we go through the same things because this status does not deem if a person wants to date you or not. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's with HIV, be encouraged that it, it doesn't. If somebody really loves and cares about you, they will take the time to be educated about it. So I got married and I'm like, okay, God, I did everything. And he's like, no, write the book. And I said, okay, I'm gonna write the book. I started writing and I kid you not, this is in 2017. God said, how are you gonna write a book and nobody knows about your status? And I was taken aback. I was like, they're going to find out in the book. And he was like, no. So God was teaching me marketing, I would say. <laughs> in <a sense. laughs> But I think it was really him saying, yeah, you want to write this book, but you can write a book and be anonymous. You can write a book and say it's fake. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in sync with a book that you write. 
But God was asking me for a level of transparency. And another issue I was having personally was that I didn't know any other woman living with HIV that was my age. Mm -hmm. I had no community. So although I had friends that were supportive that I told or and my husband knew, I still had this mask on and I didn't feel ever comfortable feeling. I didn't feel comfortable um, sharing who I really was because I'm naturally a transparent person. I love to help people. I love to do research. I love to educate people. But I, having this mask of living with HIV, I couldn't fully do that because people would ask me questions and I have to act like, oh, you know, because I'm a nurse, I know about it. But a lot of it didn't come from my nursing education. It came from me being alone. So he was like, I want you to go on YouTube. So I went on YouTube and I did a video and no, I had a YouTube channel before and I had like 10 views on every video. So I didn't think nothing about it. And that day I put out that video. I had a thousand views in like four hours. Wow. And the video just kept going up day by day. People were sharing it. People who knew me were organically finding the video. Like when I say Holy Spirit blew on it because it was so supernatural. Like I was like, you're going to make sure that people saw this story. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, I wrote my book mm-hmm. and it's called Life After HIV, Removing the Mask. Cause it was just about me in the process of like removing the mask and teaching other people how to get through an HIV diagnosis, how to get through dating disclosure. And then of course, love and acceptance because the most stigmatization that we receive is from ourselves. Yeah. So there are people who are scared cause they're not educated. There are people, um, who may say, I don't want to date you because you're living with HIV, but we do the worst self-stigmatization. We already assume things before they're real in our lives. Mm-hmm. So I assume that nobody would want to date me because of my status, but somebody wants to date me. And it didn't matter about my, my status wasn't why they wanted to date me. And it wasn't a determining factor if they decided to. Mm-hmm. So I think that the self-stigmatization, so I really go into detail about that. And then I started a support group. And then that's how we got a nonprofit because that was the first baby that I put out called A Nice Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a nonprofit for women living with HIV to get uh, support services. So we do like support groups. Um, we have yearly retreats, which ours this year got pushed to next year, but it's okay. Yeah. And um, uh, we do different things like that. And then our, this year, our initiative is to give self-care boxes to women living with HIV. So we're so excited about that. We want to give a hundred. Um, we're going to send out our first 25 and hopefully we'll be able to get a hundred before our fiscal year is over with, but we're really excited just to um, remind women that they are loved and to yeah. boost their confidence and their mental health because mental health is a big thing when living with HIV. That is kind of where I am now. So I just recently launched a ministry and do content creation and then the nonprofit. So Busy, busy, and you're a mom, and you're a wife, and wow, yes. So let's go back a little bit. When you were first diagnosed, you said Mm -hmm. that you had just, you know, found a relationship with God, and you were like really just like you are, you're on fire for God, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get this devastating um, news that might even be confusing, right? Did you feel like your faith faltered or was shaky at that time at all because of the news? Um, I feel like my faith, it wasn't my faith in whether I was going to live or die were, was kind of faulty. But my biggest thing, I kind of got a little bit arrogant. I'm just going to be honest. So mm-hmm. I told God, I said, God, you know, 
I got HIV, so you can't do nothing else bad to me, right? You know, that's how we're going to have to rock. <laughs> like, you can't, nothing else bad can happen to me. I just, so that, in that way, my faith um, was kind of tested because I, I felt that I wasn't going to be able to have a full life. Yeah. I felt that I was doing the right things, but I'm not going to have a full life. Like, I don't understand. But it was kind of like this happened um, prior to me saving, getting saved, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I was doing what Nikisa wanted to do. Because even in that relationship, I could remember feeling as though um, something, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit now looking back, telling me, no, don't don't mess with this man. No, don't mm-hmm. don't go be with this man. Because God talks to everybody, whether you've saved or not. <laughs> he yeah. talks to all of us. He yeah. still going to talk because he loves all of his children. Yeah. Every last one of them. No matter what they're doing, um, no matter what's going on in your life, he loves you. He will he will chase you down with his love. Mm-hmm. God, I love talking to her. So today's song of the day is a throwback by Erica Badu that you're likely familiar with called Bad Lady. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in the show description below or visit www.thebewellsis.com. Also, if you've heard anything that has been in the least bit helpful, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, and how was it um, revealing your status to your family, like to your, Oof. yeah. <laughs> so before, uh, um, before I did the YouTube video, I only told like my mother, my, I told my father and his whole side because I was just more comfortable. That's where most of my siblings come from, my father's side. Um, and I told my mother and one of my brothers on my mother's side. My youngest brother, I did not tell him because if I'm, I was like 19, he was probably like 14 or 15. So I didn't tell him because mm-hmm. I didn't um, think he would understand. He was young. Mm-hmm. And I was advised not to tell the rest of my family because of how they may react. So mm-hmm. I didn't. So I hid it from them too until I did the YouTube video. So around the time when I knew I was going to go public, I started to tell certain people and they seemed to receive it well. Um, nobody um, seemed to like throw me away or feel like they love me any less or anything like that. If anything, I got, I get more love and support. And when I went live with the YouTube video, my family members were very supportive. One thing I learned was that I, I missed uh, years of support by not telling them and give me all the profits to my, uh, my nonprofit. So they're very, very supportive. And I'm very blessed in that area because I've talked to a lot of people at this point. I know that everyone doesn't have that support from their family. Mm. So it's it's a blessing that my family was this way. And they're mm. so supportive of like everything I do. I think my concern is if somebody says something they don't like, and then they're going to try to go and deal with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, it's, it's, they're very, very supportive. And they all moved at their own pace mm-hmm. to accepting what was going on. And also the good thing is that everybody has some type of, emotional support mm-hmm. for them that didn't have to come from me mm. it's really it's not that easy 
when you tell somebody after dealing with something for so many years to now become an emotional support for them because right. I'm the one dealing with it. It's really hard for me to do that. But God set it up so that the people I told before I did the video had support. Um, they so they were able to support the people that didn't know because they were already prepped and knew, had been known for various amounts of time, and they could support the people who were finding out via the video. Mm-hmm. So um, next time, I think I'll do a little differently, but I'm just so glad that they're so they're so yeah. supportive. What would you do differently? Um, I probably would have um, instead of like because when I was telling people. Early in my family, I got annoyed with saying the same story over and over again. So that's why I just went ahead and put the video. I was like, you know what? I'm doing a whole lot. And one of my family members at this point had already tried to encourage me not to tell my other family members. And I didn't want that pushback. So I just was like, let me just go ahead and do it because I'm taking too long. So one thing I would change is maybe when I was going to put the video out, like, hey, man, Mitch, like, hey, I'm about to do a video. This was going on with me. And or maybe like a phone call or, um, just because we used to have family dinners, maybe at a, have a call a family dinner. Like it was so many other ways, but I didn't know that they would support me. So it's like, just like a retrospective thing. Like yeah. if I knew they would support, then I probably would have been a little more open. Yeah. I'm very introverted and I keep a lot of stuff to myself. So I would not have known until it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You just got to go through some things sometimes to know. Yeah. So what do you tell the people that you meet that have just newly been diagnosed and they might be confused or angry or hurt or all types of emotions um, just that they're going through to pro- as they process the diagnosis? What do, you, what do you tell them is the first step, I guess? Okay, so the first, so I have a, actually that's so funny you said it, I have an acronym called REACH that mm-hmm. I created. Um and uh, the first step is always for, for me, when you're going through something new, is at the end of the day, it is a medical diagnosis. You need to research because mm-hmm. there are a lot of myths that are not real about HIV. So, for example, with me, I thought I was going to die. If you research a simple Google search, you'll learn that people living with HIV are living a normal lifespan. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. after they're diagnosed, they're living a long time. So um, the first step is always research and educate yourself. Make sure you're educated about what it really is. Now, yes, you're going to have high emotions and you're going to have all these things, but once you actually research what's going on with you and get educated, then you can move into a stage of looking at what's going on with you emotionally so you can advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's the third thing. The third thing is to advocate. And then you want to get clarity from God because we think that Oh, we're sinners, so we got this diagnosis. This is going on because we got this diagnosis. Well, there are people who get married and get this diagnosis. Yeah. The fact is, you had sex with somebody who had HIV, who probably were not taking care of themselves, and it happened to you. That's the standard facts. That's what happened. And then H is ask for help. Like, ask for help. If you know that you're struggling, ask for help. Do you got to do a little bit of research? Get on YouTube is a good spot. Because a lot of advocates like share their stories. Now it's more open of people sharing. Um, there are Facebook groups that you can get in. It's so many. The internet is an amazing resource. Yeah. Um, and there are amazing websites. So I definitely want you to just research and take your time. Don't allow anybody to press you into what to do next. You got to take your time because it's a life altering situation. 
-hmm. It's a life change that you have to adjust to and grow in and um, do what's best to take care of you because only you know your lifestyle. Yeah. Beautiful. So that is like very, that's that's just very important. Mm -hmm. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Besides telling people all at once, your family. Um. <laughs> I wish, uh, what do I know now that I wish I knew then? I wish I knew um, prior to diagnosis that because of my, because I'm a woman and because of my age, I'm still, I could still get HIV and that protecting yourself every time matters. Mm-hmm. So I, that's one thing that I would have, wish I would have known. And then after being diagnosed, I wish I would have been just a little bit more educated on what happens next. Yeah. I had no clue because now, and it may be because I advocate, I see more people talking about it, but it could just be because I advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I see uh, it, it's more normalized. Like people are, like you see in the magazines now, you see it on TV, like people talking, of, people are actually talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as much stigma. There's still some stigma and there's still some missing links as far as women goes in the media. Mm-hmm. But I think that I wish I would have just knew more about, um, treatment and knew more about just what happens next. If you do get diagnosed with HIV, mm-hmm. instead of being beat over here, like don't, you know, don't have sex or use a condom all the time. Cause you're going to get some. You're right. gonna die. That's what they tell you. Like, you're gonna get something, you're gonna die. And then I'm from Georgia. Sex education where? They didn't do that in high school. I don't, I'm from Jersey. I don't know where they do it, to be honest with you. Like, saying, telling some kids whose hormones are raging, yeah. and it's a natural part of life to have sex, right? Tell them not to do it, ain't it? Like, it's your life. That's that's the problem. Like you, that's that's a whole nother podcast because like that's the problem. They just like don't do it, and you're not saying why. Like that is one beautiful thing that I've learned in my relationship with God is like He'll help you understand why. Like they try to be the doctrine because you know you. I'm also from the Bible Belt, so then you got Mm -hmm. religion plays a role. Let's not act like it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, It plays a role into decisions people make, um, as well as school systems and parents. All we all play a role in this, but we also deserve to tell the truth because these 12 year olds turn into 20 year olds. They turn into 30 year olds. Yeah, Yeah. they get grown. We're only a a small part of our life. Mm -hmm. Uh, before I want to also just kind of stress the importance of like prevention and education. So, uh, for HIV prevention, I like, I say the statement and sometimes people are like, what, there's no reason for anybody else to be diagnosed with HIV. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, we have, there is something called PrEP. So you can take, um, and please talk to us about your healthcare provider, um, you can take PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis, and then prevent the transmission of HIV. And then with effective treatment, U equals U, meaning undetectable mean equals untransmittable. So if you take if you t- effective treatment and you get undetectable, then you cannot transmit the virus to another person. So I can't transmit the virus to my husband. I won't be able to transmit it to children once I start to have children. I got bonus kids now, but when I have my own children, when I start to have more children, mm-hmm. I won't be able to transmit it. So that's what I mean. There are so many prevention strategies and also condoms still work. Mm-hmm. Now, not cheap skin, latex. Right. right. Skin has pores and stuff like that in it. But um, 
latex condoms, they still work. Female condoms still work. Yes. So, and getting tested is so important because their HIV has no face and most times you ain't gonna have no symptoms. And the symptoms that you may feel could feel like the flu. So yeah, testing is so important because you get, get tested because you can have it and not know. Yep. Routinely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I want to hear about your podcast and your book. Where can we find your book? You can find my book on Amazon, um, Life After HIV, Removing the Mask, um, Shameless Club. We got five-star reviews. And um, also my podcast. So my podcast is called Queen Redeem Podcast the Oil. Let me explain. <laughs> that I speak and God pours the oil. He gave it to me like that. So the podcast is really about growing your relationship with God. I share very intimate stories like this. And I also teach you how to do um, different various things. And I, and sometimes, and we always got a word of wisdom. So whether it's poetry or sometimes it's literally a word of wisdom. Uh, and it's so funny because when I started this podcast, I called it that. And then like a year later, it dawned on me like, girl, you're full of wisdom. And I said, that's why it's called words of wisdom. I did not <laughs> think about that. So it is, and then that's pretty much what the podcast is. It's available on all social media platforms. And then also I record the podcast. So you can watch the video version if you prefer video on YouTube. And I don't really edit those, so you can see all my mess ups and everything. <laughs> um that's gonna I'm gonna change that soon to an after show, but for now it'll be the re- me recording the actual podcast. So um, I hope you check it out and I think you will really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'm going to link both the podcast and your book in the show notes. So please click, go listen and buy the book, please. <laughs> yeah. um, and actually speaking of book, I ask everybody this before they leave. So what is one book that you recommend? And it could be about anything at all, anything inspiring. Oh, why you ask me one? I have so many books. Oh, tell me more than one. My longest books, my goal this year is to read a lot more books. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. But this book is actually by a friend of mine. It's how I found out about the book. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, it's a book that every business owner needs. It's called 31 Prayers for Spiritual Wealth. Mm. So it is a, it's not a book you got to read front to back. She talks about different topics. Her name is Chanel E. Martin. I'll send you the link, but that's one of the books that, and it's on Amazon too. And she just goes through different um, things like obedience, forgiveness, focus, finances, and she relates it back to the Bible. And she gives you a prayer that you can say over your business. And I'll recommend her exposure prayer because every time I say that prayer, all of a sudden um, I'm getting people like, oh, you want to be on my radio show? Oh, you want to be on this? Do you want to be on that? Like, it really works. Like, she's a prophet of God. So it's a very powerful book for your business. Okay. Like, I truly believe in that. And a book called Fear is a Liar. I don't know. I've got to find a name of that one. Okay. So Fear is a Liar. I'm not sure of the author, but Fear is a Liar. And he really helps you go through that. So if you're dealing with fear of, like, moving forward, that is a book you got to read. I'll find it and link that as well. Thank you. you. Both on Amazon. No, I got Prime, so I'm always buying a book. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I had a really good time chatting with you and so much wisdom and knowledge. Thank you. I know the audience is going to find so many gems in this. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. 
For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.